welcome to the Wednesday broadcast. We are going to start you off with your daily dose of joy, hopping in to our Corona memes. <laughs> I see a gap in your resume. What were you doing in 2020? I was looking for toilet paper. <laughs> so you're staying inside, practicing social distancing, and cleaning yourself? Congratulations, my friend. You've become a house cat. <laughs> I know you're bored, but do not cut your bangs. <laughs> also, I would like to just put on record, I have not made these memes, so I cannot be held responsible for the spelling in them. Amen. <laughs> Introducing the new hoarding edition shopping cart for all your paranoid needs. <laughs> Some of y'all went from DIY, homemade, natural, all-organic cleaning products to Clorox real fast. <laughs> HR explaining to me that I can't spray my coworkers with Lysol. <laughs> oh, This comes to us from Ashley Melton, I believe. Wash your hands to kill coronavirus. It doesn't kill itself just like Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> I got past her. <laughs> Me on the highway, trying to figure out if it's the police or a regular charger. <laughs> for anyone who has ever said he's not my president, no check for you. <laughs> my grandson saw the empty toilet paper shelves and asked, does this mean everyone will start using pull-ups? I said, depends. <laughs> so after this quarantine, will the producers of my 600-pound life just find me? Or do I call them? Or how will this work? <laughs> quarantine day one, little Debbie sna snack cakes. Quarantine day four, Big Deborah. <laughs> people who say coronavirus, people who say COVID-19, very debonair. I wonder if my kids' teachers can send home some of those Clorox wipes that I sent at the beginning of the school year. <laughs> oh, goodness. Day 16 of quarantine. <laughs> this one's so gross. This one's from Magalis. Cop, why are you outside? The state is under a lockdown. Ron Swanson, not to worry. I have a permit. I can do what I want. Ron. <laughs> if you don't know Parks and Rec, then you don't know. Cross-eyed teacher loses job. Could not control her pupils. Me waiting for the coronavirus to create zombies. <laughs> Easter 2020. Sorry, kids. Bunny is quarantined. That's a pretty solid Easter basket, though. And then our last one of the day. COVID-19. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. 
Your job's remote, you're broke, you're hiding from a plague. It's like you're always stuck in quarantine. You might be there for days, a week, a month, or even a year, but here at the What's Right broadcast, we'll be here for you. And today, here is Pastor Brian Wright. Hello, everybody. Good to see you. Love you. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hey, go ahead and share where you're watching from and uh, also share the broadcast. Uh, we are glad that you are watching. We're glad that you're online. We love you. We praise God for you and we pray for you daily. And uh, I'm excited. Today's topic is everything you need in this broadcast. How would we be able to do that? Very interesting. I'm so glad you asked. And uh, look, we love you. Uh, what we want to do is uh, jump right in. But the first thing that I want to tell you is this. I want you to, I want you to know, I believe in you. I believe in you to make it through uh, this period of time. I believe in you uh, that you have what it takes to go through. And some of you may be sitting there and thinking, well, how can you do that? You don't even know me. Here's what I know. I know from the Bible and I know from the uh, promises and the character and nature of God that if you will simply turn to Jesus, he will, if you'll take him by the hand, he will lead you right into triumph. Everybody that's watching this has the ability to simply take him by the hand and he will take you to everything that you need. Uh, I believe in you. God believes in you. You know, where we have not been faithful at times, God is faithful. I believe in you because 1 Corinthians 10 in verse 13 says uh, that God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And he says, basically, any situation or any temptation or any problem that you're going to face... It's not beyond the scope of you and him when you grab hands, when you take his hand and let him be Lord, it is not beyond you. He wouldn't even allow you into the situation if you could not come out victorious when you look also at 2 Corinthians 2.14. I want you to hear it. We believe in you. God believes in you. But it is time, like never before, to take him by the hand and let him uh, lead us. Amen. Let me just say hello to some peoples here. I see Miss Janet Burkett Gaines, Kevin Nowicki, Brittany Presley. Hello, guys. Kevin said, Good afternoon, Boomerang. Corey and Brandy Johnson, love y'all so much. Uh, Leslie Presley, good to see you. Miss Deb Aldridge, Miss Heather Barbie, good to see you. Mark Presley, Beck Threlkill. Good to see you. Hello, hello, hello. Remember, put on here where you're watching from. Uh, Miss Colleen said, beautiful voice, Barrett, when you, uh, when you sang that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Miss Janet's watching from Alabama. Kevin, good to see you. Dixie, watching from Albemarle. Amen. Good to see y'all. See if I see any comments on YouTube. Not yet. All right. Well, listen, let's jump right in. This is what I want you to see. I want you to see this today. Um, the Lord has really been putting in my heart to talk about Jesus. Uh, like Paul said, and uh, he said, I preach Christ and him crucified. Paul or Peter, I'm trying to remember right here. But uh, hey, is Charla on there? Hello, Charla. Good to see you. And uh, we're glad to have you on here today. We're praying for you. 
We're praying for you right now because I know that everybody everywhere, they're dealing with different things in, in their own uh, little environment, in their own atmosphere. Everybody has different things that they're facing. And uh, we're praying for each and every one. Uh, Miss Julie Book says, from, hey, from Mount Pleasant. And uh, I know Miss Charlotte's in Texas. So here's what I want uh, us to do. I want you, if you'll go to the Boomerang Facebook page, uh, there is tomorrow night at 7 p.m. We're going to have an online community prayer. Online community prayer tomorrow night. It's going to be praying for everybody that is online. It's going to be praying for our area, Albemarle and Stanley County. And if you're online from a different area, you can apply it to your county. So that's going to be tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Go share that event. Tell us that you're going to be there. Uh, or that you're interested in it, and uh, let us know. And uh, we want to see you there. We need to bring our supply as we gather uh, at this point online for this prayer. Uh, gather and pray. We need to see the power of God and the hope of God released, and it happens through prayer. In James chapter 5 in the Amplified, it says that when we pray, tremendous power is made available through the fervent prayer the continued heartfelt prayer uh, of a believer, of a righteous person. It says, tremendous power is made available. It says, dynamic in its working. And so uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray tomorrow night, and we're going to see some things shift. I uh, was meditating. The Lord has definitely been talking to me every day. And uh, hey, Miss Candy Burris, good to see you. And... Uh, Miss Janet, thank you for sharing the broadcast. I appreciate that. Um, one of the things that has been happening is every day the Lord has been uh, talking to me, showing me what to do for that day, what to say for that day, and uh, it's been a blessing. God is real, and He wants intimacy with us, and He does, in fact, have everything that we need. Uh, I'm going to share, actually, you may want to grab this and share it, uh, after the broadcast today, I'm going to share a short message, probably less than five minutes, speaking directly to pastors, uh, pastors in this uh, time period, what they're going through. Uh, definitely, I would advise, it's not just for pastors to grab a hold of, but I would advise everybody uh, to watch that and uh, share it. Share it with their pastors. Share it with pastors that they know. Uh, the Lord spoke to me something today as I was praying. And uh, man, it gave me, as soon as he said it, it gave me hope. And I went, praise God, amen. It helped me. It lifted me up. And uh, you have a lot of pastors right now that have a pressure on them that they've never had before. Uh, you know, uncharted territory. Well, we need hope as well, you know. We need to apply the hope of God as well. So share these things and watch uh, how the Lord will come through. Let me just share a little uh, story with you. Miss Natalie, hello. She says, I'm watching from Gold Hill. Amen. Um, let me share with you a little story. When I first started pastoring, uh, one of the things that happened was that uh, I came up to a place where, okay, Nicole and I have been building our faith, building our faith, building our faith. And I came into pastoring people. And uh, hey, Miss Tisha, Good to see you. We love you. We're praying for you. And uh, one of the things that happened is this. When I first started pastoring, Nicole and I had been building our faith, and uh, it had been rising up. And about that time, 
uh, we had a situation where somebody in the church was actually in need of something. They were in need of uh, um, really the power of God and a miracle. And uh, I, when I looked at the miracle they needed and I looked at where their spiritual life was, I thought, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but then I'm sitting there going, God, do I tell them that I don't think they got what it takes? <laughs> you know, I, wow, I'm not sure. And uh, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Because I just don't see... Uh, amen. Thank you, Janet. She said, we'll be with you for prayer tomorrow night at 7. Community online prayer. Amen. And uh, maybe, uh, Barrett, if you could, uh, you can copy that link to that event and drop it into the comments in the restream comments so it'll go to everybody. And uh, we'll pin that for the community event. But uh, one of the things that happened is... Uh, I said, man, I don't know if these people have what it takes uh, to see this miracle that they need. And I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do with this situation? Because they haven't been obedient. Uh, they haven't been faithful. Uh, yet they need you. Like right now, they need you. And uh, the Lord said this. He said, here's what I want you to do. He said, never did I call you to ask people or talk to them in a way that will drop their faith. All right, duly noted. So I learned to not do that, right? This was like first year of pastoring. He said, I, I never give you permission to take somebody to a lower faith. I've told you to increase their faith. He said, and what you need to do is you need to apply faith in me that I can help them where they're at. This is your faith, pastor, talking to me. He said, your faith is to release them to their own faith. You know, because here's one of the things. They might not be walking at the same faith that Nicole and I were walking at, but here's what we found. That when they would give the faith that they had, God would meet them where they were at. In other words, what I consider big faith may be astronomical to them. But what they consider big faith may be small to me. But to them, it's astronomical as big, right? And so when they applied their faith in that way, guess what? God came through. Uh, this is exactly what happened. God came through. And there you go. There's the link. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing it back there in the booth. And uh, hey, Tiffany Jenkins, good to see you. So what I found out was this, that if I would constantly work on raising other people's faith and they would then give that faith to God, God could do great and mighty things even bigger than what I had imagined. Well, that, is, that gives hope. That's great hope for a lot of people because what it means is no matter where you're at or, or how, uh, you know, no matter how much you've walked with God before, there's a principle even in giving that says this. If you will turn your heart seriously, this is in 2 Corinthians 9, if you will turn your heart seriously into being a sower, then all of a sudden God will meet you and He will give you the supply of seed for what you need to sow. So in other words, the person doesn't have to have it coming in there. They just need to make a serious heart repentance, a serious heart change to put on godliness, to seek to get into faith with all of their heart, and God will give them what they need. 
and this is something when you're uh, seriously doing this, then it doesn't mean that you do it and then you go back to doing it the old way. No, I'm, make, I'm making a complete life change here. And when people will do that, God meets them right where they're at. Well, praise God. That means that people didn't have to be everywhere uh, that I thought they needed to be. They just needed to turn their heart to God because he's a big God. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God. And if they'll have that true heart change, that true heart repentance, God's sitting there waiting on them. And the keys to the kingdom is waiting on them simply to turn their heart. So today what we're talking about is that everything you need is in God. And, and the Lord really started talking to me about just Jesus preached, Jesus and him crucified. Now is the time where people need to see that what they need is in Jesus. Uh, let's go real quick to Acts chapter 17, verse 28. Talk about a verse that's just been ringing loud in my spirit. Acts 17, 28. Ringing loud in my spirit. Loud in my spirit. Glory to God. Acts 17, 28, it says, For in him, in Jesus, we live and move, and in the King James it says, We live and move and have our being. In him we live and move and have our being. In him we live in Jesus. We live, have life to the full till it overflows. Well, what's left out of that promise? What's left out of the promise of a full life? First of all, there's nothing that, in other words, if we have the life of God and the fullness of God, we have everything we need. Where is it located? In Jesus Christ. Then, you see, in Him we live and we move. In other words, he goes on to define it and give us even more uh, a bigger picture of just what is in Jesus. And we can be in Jesus simply by turning our heart and all of a sudden placing it there. Now what I'm calling you to is a humility. I'm calling you to faith. Lord, now's the time where I have some things I need and I need you. What I need more than anything is I need you. I don't, you know, we talked about it earlier this week. Definitely go back and you can watch some of the other broadcasts. Hey, J.D., it's so good to see you. Man, I love you and uh, praying for you. Listen, so go back and watch. We talked about it at the beginning of the week. Uh, four simple things to make it through the Rona. And so one of the things that you want to see is this. Everything we need is in Him. And if we don't have Him, we will not have what we need. Uh, we can act like it, we can put it on, and it might work for a little while, but it's a temporary band-aid, it's a temporary fix. Unless the Lord builds the house, Psalm 127, 1 and 2, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord watch, guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. In other words, if God's not in it, we're already sunk. But if he is in it, we have everything we need. In Jesus, it, we have everything we need. In Jesus, in him, we live. We have life to the full till it overflows. Looking at John 10, 10. We have life to the full till it overflows. In abundance. Life in abundance. Not just getting by. Not just uh, surviving. We have life in abundance. And we need to apply faith to that because here's the victory that overcomes the world and the world's system and the world's lack and the world's problem 
even our faith. So we can be in Him, but not applying our faith, and, and we won't overcome the lack. We won't overcome the problems in the world. So many times I find that, that Christians, they have everything that they need in Jesus, but they've got to reach out with the faith that they have, and God will meet them right there at that place. So in Him we live, in Him we move. In other words, we have our motion. We, we have everything that we need. If you're going to move from point A to point B, excuse me, if you're going to move from point A to point B and you're located at point A, the first thing that you need to know in your motion is you need to know what, where are, am I moving to. In other words, where is the point that I'm moving to? Where is point B? So the first thing, when he says, in him we live and move, he's given you a promise that in Jesus is the wisdom that you need uh, to find out where you're going. The wisdom that you need to find out how to get there. The provision that you need to move there. In other words, everything you need for life and the fullness of life, not just surviving, but, but in overflow, everything that we need, it's in Jesus. Everything that we need to move, to know where to go, how to get there, and have what we need to get there, all the power, all the strength, all the provision, finances, if need, everything that we need. Where is it at? In Jesus. The next thing is, in Him we live, we move, and we have our being. In other words, you remember in Genesis chapter 1, you remember, hey, Mr. Dale Poe, good to see you. I love you, man. So you remember in Genesis chapter 1, it says this, And God said, light be, and light was. In other words, He brought light into being. So what you see is that in Acts 17, 28, Everything we need to have life to the full till it overflows. Where's it at? Put it in the comments. It's in Jesus. Where is everything that we need to move, to have motion, to know where we're going, to have the wisdom to get there, to have the know-how to get there, to have the supply, the provision to get there. In Him we live. In Him we move. We have everything that we need to get there in Jesus. And then lastly... In Him we live and move and have our being. Everything that needs to come into being, that needs to be created, that needs the supernatural power of God to flow, everything that we need is in Jesus to live, to move, and to bring the supernatural power of God, to bring things into being that did not exist before, to kill a virus that's trying to plague the earth. It's in Jesus. So what can we do to have everything we need? We just have to abide in Him and allow Him to abide in us. And when we do that, we can do that individually. We will have what we need individually. If we do that as a body, we will have what we need as a body. Hey, Caleb, good to see you. Becky, Tamara, good to see you. Love you guys. If we will simply get inside of Jesus and abide in Jesus, in that we'll have everything that we need. Let's go to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. In Jesus, in Jesus. 
This is taken its same title, but it's taken a little bit different direction than I expected. But thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost knows exactly what the words people need to hear. Amen. Love you guys so much. Good to see everybody. Everything we need is in Jesus. And in this broadcast, I said it's in this broadcast. Why? Because I'm giving you the place to get everything you ever need now, everything that you'll ever need in the future, everything that you ever need, it's in one man, Jesus Christ. It's in him. In him we live and move and have our being. Let's look at uh, Revelation 2 and uh, verse 1. If you believe that, if you believe that Jesus is and has everything that we need, just put it in the comments. Jesus has everything I need. Amen. He says this in Revelation 2, To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, says this. Uh, He says, verse 2, I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance, that you cannot tolerate evil men, and you put to test those who call themselves to be apostles, and they are not, and you found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake, and have not grown weary. So this is God, this is Jesus, speaking to the churches. And he's speaking, he says, I'm the one who walks among the churches. I'm the one who's there, and I'm watching what's going on. And he says to this church, really a very good report, minus one word. He says, I know your deeds and your toil. The only word that kind of shows us that something's off here is the toil. Because toil is a part of the curse. That's what happened when the curse came. And I want you to know that there's a reason why they're toiling. There's a reason why the burden is heavier than it should uh, should have been. And I'm going to get to that. But watch what he says. He says, I know, you know, all right, set that word toil to the side. And let's look at the rest of the report to this church. It says, I know your deeds, your toil, and your perseverance. In other words, he knows the work they've been doing. They've been persevering. We know that's good. They don't tolerate evil men. That's awesome. They put to test those who call themselves apostles. I would say most people don't even know what the test is biblically uh, if they're an apostle. And it's it's in the word. And they are not. And they found them to be false. In other words, this church got revelation. They're walking in some power. They're walking in an anointing. It says, you have perseverance and you have endured. That's a great thing. For my name's sake, and watch this in verse 3. You have not grown weary. Man, if you take out the word toil, what a church. Like this is the poster child of a church. They're doing some great, great stuff. But look at verse 4. But, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Put it in the comments. Hashtag, uh (laughs) uh-oh. (laughs) But, Jesus says, I have this against you. You have left your first love. All right, now we're going to talk about that in just a second. You have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen. In other words, what he just said is, you have fallen. You have fallen. You have fallen. You are at a lower place now than you were before. 
Now, this looks like a great church. I think that if we put up the stats of this church here in Revelation chapter 2 on Facebook, what they were doing, what they were up to, anybody with any spiritual sense at all would be like, man, good, good job. Good job, guys. Y'all are doing it. You're doing it. You're doing awesome. I think everybody would do that. But there was something in their walk that was off. And watch what God says about this thing that was off, and then we're going to talk about that. Watch it what they say. He says, I got this against you. First of all, what they're off in, he's, God is against. Okay. The second thing is this. He says, you've left your first love. You've left the responsibility of love. Whoo. They're, now understand, they're working. They're working hard for Jesus. It says, for my namesake. He says, you've fallen. Then it says, and repent. In other words, if you don't turn around and do something, something's going to happen. He says, repent and do the deeds you did at first. Repent and do the deeds you did at first, or else I'm coming to you and I will remove your lampstand out of his place unless you repent. I will remove you. Now watch this. What they had done, Jesus is saying to this church, if you don't stop and change this and go back to what you should be doing, as a church, I will take you out of that place and you will not be a church anymore. I will remove your lampstand. I will remove your light. But you can go back up into verse 2 and 3 and be like, man, they're doing great work. They're busy. They're active. Their doors are open. They're, they're, I mean, they're being a great church. And Jesus is going to shut them down? Yeah, that's exactly what it's saying here. Why? Watch. And watch what he tells them to do. He says, if you don't change this, I'll remove your lampstand. Well, when I read this several years ago, that caught my attention. As a pastor, I don't want Jesus removing our lampstand. No, 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 no. And you might be surprised at what they did. What was it that was off? What was it that was wrong? And I know when I read that, I said, oh, Lord, I said, you got to tell me what is that first love? I, you got to tell me if I've left the first love, if we, need to, if we need to be strong in our first love, what is it? And the Lord started leading me through the Bible and showing me the love of God. He started showing me the, very, uh, the, f the first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What's the first commandment in Exodus in the Ten Commandments? Let nothing come between your face and my face. It says, there shall be, you shall have no other gods between me. Let's go there real quick. Exodus chapter 20 and verse, uh, I have to look at it. It's around verse 2 or 3, I believe. Oop. Exodus chapter 20. Thou, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The first commandment in the Ten Commandments. Verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, here's something that's very interesting. So the first and greatest commandment that Jesus gave was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, the first and greatest commandment is, 
God, I'm yours, whatever you want me to do. I'm yours, whatever you want me to be. I'm yours. It's not about me. It's about you. It's not about me. It's about you. And everything that I have and all that I am, I give it to you. And he says, love the Lord your God. This is the first love. And then he says this in the first commandment of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. If you go back to the original language, the original Hebrew, when he says before me, it actually means this. You shall have no other gods between, before my face. In other words, in between you and I, we're sitting here and we have a relationship and we have intimacy. God just said this. He said, don't let any other thing take position between me and you. He said, let no other thing take a position between you and I. What does that mean? He's saying, don't let anything come in between our fellowship and our relationship and our intimacy. And so watch this. And what is, so love is the first, the first love is intimacy with God. And if you see this, uh, you go into John 3, 16. What was the purpose of Jesus coming? If you go to the end of the verse, it says he did all of this. He sent his only beloved son and he died so that people would believe on him. Why? To get them to eternal life in John 3.16. The end result is get eternal life to people. Well, that's great, but what is eternal life? It's important to define eternal life, especially define it by the Bible. So let's go to John chapter 17 and verse 3. John 17 and verse 3. Amen. Thank you, Janet. She put up, love him first, nothing before him. Not my, my will, but yours be done in my life. Amen. You're all over it. Watch this. He said, John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that they may know you. And the only true God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So watch this. The word there, know, in the original language means to know intimately. It's the same word that's used when it talks about a husband knowing his wife. In other words, there's an intimate fellowship, an intimate relationship, an intimacy with God. So the whole point of Jesus was to connect us with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, in such an intimate way. And if we know that in Jesus is our life, our strength, our motion, all of our being, in Him we live and move and have our being, we start to understand why the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2 was toiling. When they allowed that relationship with Him to be broken... They started operating on their own strength. And eventually it's going to lead to toil. And so that's what you see. So if you think about this, let's go back to, let's go back to Revelation chapter 2 and look at it again. So what I'm saying is everything that we need is in him. And this is what he wanted to get to us in the first place. Jesus wanted to get us into an eternal life where we could be connected with God and the Son and his anointing again so that his supernatural anointing, his supernatural power, his supernatural love, his supernatural provision, his supernatural healing, his supernatural motion, his supernatural life, his supernatural thing, 
calling things into being could be ours, but it's always when we are connected. If you go and look in John chapter 15, it talks about abide in me and I abide in you. Be grafted into the vine. It's all about our intimacy with God and our intimacy with the Son. And if we will be intimate with Him and we will be connected and abide in Him, everything that we need is in Him. Jesus even said, everything that the Father has He has given to me. And he says, and I will disclose myself to you. If we will be obedient to him, he will disclose. In other words, he will give what he has to us. He says, I blessed you in Ephesians 1.3. Watch this. In Ephesians 1.3, it says this. I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where? In Christ Jesus. How do we access? Or Well, one thing that we have to know is, okay, those are spiritual blessings. How do we get them in our life? How do we have those things manifest in our life? Well, you go over to Hebrews 11 and verse 3. Lots of verse 3s today. Um, if you go over to Hebrews 11 and go to verse 3, it says, The things that we see appear from things that we can't see. In other words, when we are blessed in the spiritual, it changes the spiritual root and it causes a physical fruit. So in other words, when we're blessed with every spiritual blessing, all we have to do is abide in the vine, connect intimately to our loving Father and His Son Jesus Christ and His power, His anointing, and the things of God will start to manifest in our life. What we're seeing in uh, the church is a need right now to be more intimate in our fellowship with God than ever before. We need to abide in Jesus like never before. I'm waking up each morning and I got Jesus on my mind. Jesus in my heart. Jesus in my soul. Jesus in my actions. What am I doing? I'm loving on you, Lord, with all my heart mind, soul, and strength. And if we will love on Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that connection will be what it needs to be. And there's nothing that we will not have that we need or even desire. He says in in me, He says, you shall not lack. He even says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean that your fleshly heart, that means the spiritual man. He'll put things in you you didn't even know you need, and they'll be a dream to you. You know, I, you know, when I was a little kid, God put a dream in my heart for a family. And so when I got married, all of a sudden I realized, I wrote a poem for Nicole that I read at our wedding. I said, as long, for as long as I can remember, God has given me a dream of Dream of my family to be so vivid and so keen. In other words, it was the family that was starting with Nicole. God put that dream in my heart, and as I was in Christ, he, he fulfilled that very dream. As I was in intimacy, as I abided in Him, as I turned my heart to Him, God gave me everything. And He's continued to do that, and He'll do that for you. He'll do it for your neighbor. He'll do it even for the person that's not born again. Do you realize that everybody in the Gospels that Jesus touched, none of them were born again yet, and yet they were healed. They were delivered. They were raised from the dead. They had everything that they needed. Why? Because they touched Jesus with their faith, or He touched them with his. 
when they had connection with Jesus and intimacy with him, they had everything that they need. This is why we can walk without fear. Because when we're touching Jesus, the Lord is near. And what is it that's going to overwhelm him? What is it that's going to make him sick? What is it that's going to cause him to be in lack? See, when we're touching Jesus and abiding in the vine, we have every nutrient. We have everything that we need. There's an intimacy there. Let's go back to Revelation 2. Okay, great. What do I do to get it where it needs to be? Because our actions are important. In Him we live and move and have our being. Okay, how do we get back into Him? Because when I first got this revelation, I was immediately convicted. I was immediately convicted and said, Oh God, I've missed it. I don't know. What do I do? He said, Go back and read the verse I just gave you. I said, Oh, okay. (laughs) So the first thing to do is recognize, Can I step it up? Who of us can't step it up? All of us can Second thing to recognize is, Lord, I need you. I got to have you. I got to have you. I got to have you, Lord. I can't do this without you. The things I need, uh, my ways haven't been working on my own. You know, Lord, I need you. Recognize our need for him. Number two, recognize, recognize our need for him and recognize that we can step it up. Otherwise, if you don't recognize that you can step it up, you'll take no action in his direction. Verse 5, therefore, remember from where you have fallen. Okay, what does that mean? It means to think back about your first love. Think back about your first love. What was that like? If you think about it, it's just like a relationship. When Nicole and I met, we ended up, you know, we started hanging out. And I'll tell you, when we first went on our first date, after that first date, we pretty much saw each other every day, minus one period of time uh, when I had to move to a city to do some work. Besides that period of time, between the time we started dating and the time we got married, we saw each other every day. Why? Because we, listen, we had a desire to see each other. We had a desire to spend time with one another. I had a desire. In other words... Not only do I recognize my need for you, Jesus, but I make a decision. I'm choosing to desire you. And I remembered, now you have to understand, this works this way in a natural marriage without the grace of God. And I think almost everybody has gone through it. They get married. They have the honeymoon, the newlywed phase. Everything's all cool. They're all desiring each other. And then all of a sudden they go a couple years and it's like the honeymoon's over. And here's what happens. They stop focusing on the things that they focused on when they were dating and their physical desire starts to drop. Their mental desire starts to drop. And when that desire starts to drop, they stop looking for ways, they stop looking for ways to connect. And so what happened though, when Nicole and I first started dating, man, I I wanted to see her all the time. I'd be at work. But I wasn't thinking about work. I was thinking about her. I was thinking about her. I was thinking about how pretty she is. I was thinking about how she makes me laugh. I was thinking about how she can outburp me. <laughs> I was thinking about, hey, I want to I go to a movie with you. I want to watch this with you. Let's, let's go do this activity and have fun over here. And I, my thoughts, my heart, what does it sound like? With all my heart, soul, mind, strength, 
I desired that relationship. I desired that fellowship. I saw that I needed it because I desired it. I made a choice. The word says in Proverbs 16, 3, commit your works that your thoughts might be established. And so I was sitting here and I was thinking, well, how does this relate? You know, all of my thoughts were about her. What, what had happened? That was an earthly, fleshly love, a desire, an earthly, fleshly desire, a different love than agape. But when love first entered us, what did we do? The word says in 1 John, uh, it says this. It says that if you do not know God, you cannot love. You don't love because you don't, what? Know Him. In other words, as soon as you were born again was the first time you actually had the ability to connect in agape. And this is why many marriages fail, because they didn't have agape. They had a worldly love that doesn't stand, but it's only agape love that's eternal, and it's a strong foundation. Agape love is a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving at the leading of God. And so what happens is when we wanted to um, give ourselves to Christ, when we decided to accept him, he gave his love to us, and then for the first time, we could give love back. As soon as we were born again, that's the first love that ever happened was between you and God. As you said, Lord, oh, I want to know you. He gives you his love, and now I have the ability to love back on him. I have the ability to connect with him in an intimate fellowship like I've never done before. And what do you find by most people when they first get born again? What's the story? All they want to do is get to church. All they want to do is read their Bible. They're thinking about Jesus day in and day out. They're telling their friends about Jesus. This is the testimony that many, many people have. Why? Because this is their first love all of a sudden love came alive inside them it looks just like when two people start dating and so but then what happens a lot of times they go to a church that's not based on the intimate fellowship with Jesus it's based on an intimate fellowship solely with the revelation coming out of a preacher's mouth and they start to put the priest up in front of God and they actually fall away from their first love. This is what this church had done. They're doing all the work. They're doing the right things. But their intimacy had faded. Listen, their supply, everything that they needed that was wrapped up in the intimacy with Jesus started to fade. Their strength started to go down. And now they went from a walking tall and walking strong in the supernatural anointing of Christ to being disconnected and the strength leaving them and now they're toiling. And God says, he doesn't say, hey guys, uh, I know you're having a hard time. Well, here's some extra help. He says, this is on you. You, I have something against you. You walked away from me. You walked away from intimacy. You walked away from me. This is what I call a reset. We had a whole series called Reset Fellowship. It goes much deeper than this. But this is what God said. He said, here's how you can fix it. Number one, recognize that we can move up. Number two, recognize, Lord, I need you. Number three, 
recognize that desire for him has dropped to a different level. And even if you desire him right now at the highest you've ever, ever desired him, I would bet you good money that we, we all can desire him even more. So we don't just want to say, oh, well, I'm there, check. No, Lord, show me how I can desire you more. If there's more in you, show me how to, how to have more in you. I'm excited to see more in you. And then all of a sudden, he says this. He says, remember from where you have fallen. In other words, pay attention. Think back to those first days when your heart burned for God. It's the same thing if you're looking uh, to fix a marriage. Think back to the days when your heart burned for your spouse. Think to those days. Remember what the Lord told me uh, when he was giving me this revelation. Hey, Amber, good to see you. When the Lord was giving me this revelation, Nicole and I were on a cruise. I think it was our 15th anniversary. We went, went on an Alaskan cruise. And all of a sudden, I was sitting there on the boat in our room. She was standing on the balcony looking at the uh, mountains pass by as we went down this ford. And all of a sudden, he says this. I'm looking at her, and I'm just, I'm looking at my wife enjoying God's creation and I'm just sitting in the room and I'm not looking at God's creation out the window I'm looking at my wife and as I looked at her and took the time to look at her I just started to desire her and I felt just a little ping Poof. you know it had been 15 years since we had been dating I felt this little ping of that first love toward for her come back. And as I continued to look at her, I felt another little ping. And I'd been meditating and praying on this. And the Lord says, you haven't, the Lord told me, he said, you haven't looked at her like that. Just stopped and looked at your wife in a long time. Oh, man. Ooh, it's hit me now. Lord, I just repent. And then it relates to, you know, of course, the, the following thought is, you haven't looked at me like that either. Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lord, let me look at you with eyes like that again. Remember from where I've fallen. And watch what it says. Repent. He said, you want to come out of this? You want to, you want to connect with me and have everything that you need again? You've got to turn your heart. Repent. He says, change. Change what you've been doing. Change is a good thing, especially if we can go higher. If we change in Jesus, we always go to a higher place. He says, change, change, and do the deeds you did at first. Do the things that you did at first. Take the actions. Have the thoughts. I needed to sit there and look at my wife. I needed to think about how much I enjoy her company and her presence. I needed to sit and think and meditate on how much she is a joy and what a blessing she is. What a Proverbs 31 woman that she is. What a blessing. I see, I see ladies going through the world and yeah, they're pretty on the outside, but the inside stinks. That's not my wife. My wife is pretty and the inside is awesome. She's after God like, like most people I don't know. She recently was doing an extended fast. I was so pleased with her going after God, not because I did it, because she's hungry for the heart of God. 
Do the things that you did at first. And then how do we relate that to God? God, let me go after you. Let me get in the Word. Let me get in prayer. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your fire so that I can be on fire for you. Not be cold, not be lukewarm, but be on fire with you. Lord, I don't want to be one that's just sitting on the sideline being average when I have such an above average God. When I have such a magnificent Father, a magnificent Creator. How can I be in you and just be mediocre and average? It's not possible. I can't. I can't. Like I said earlier, Proverbs 16.3 says this. It says, Commit your works, in the King James it says, commit your works that your thoughts might be established. And see what happens is, if I'll just start doing the things that I need to do, all of a sudden my thoughts will start to change. So I, I, I practiced not only with God, but I also practiced with my wife. And I thought, what would I have thought about when we were dating? What would I have thought about when we were dating? You know, it's interesting, a thought just uh, crossed my mind. Amen. Praise God, buddy. He said, this is hitting me hard right now in the best way. Praise God. You, buddy, you would like that series, Reset. Oh, man. I know where you're at in your walk, and I'm telling you, it would fire you up. It's a, it's a big deal. So anyway, um, actually, I think that, buddy, I think that's one of the things I was mentioning to you briefly when we talked a couple weeks ago. One of the things that just hit me is this. I know that multiple people that are watching this, I can sense it in my spirit. You're not just getting advice on getting you know, back where you need to be with God right now. You're getting marital advice. You're, getting, you're, you're recognizing, hey, I need to change some things in my relationship with my spouse. I want to show you something. It's exactly proven what I'm talking about today. In him is everything that we need. Simply when we started paying attention to our relationship with Jesus, now here all of a sudden, quote-unquote, magically, you're getting help exactly where you need in your relationship with your spouse. That's my point. It's not magic. It's the anointing of God that in Jesus is life and the fullness thereof. In him we live and move and have our being. And as we start to repent and change our heart and turn direction, just simply go towards God, all of a sudden everything we need in life starts to work. Why does it start to work? Because in him, he's our source. He's our nutrient. He's the, he's the supply through the vine. In him is everything that we need. So as I started thinking about, well, what, you know, when we were dating back there in, in 1996, 97, you know, 98, 99, when we were dating during that period of time, what was it that I would have been doing right now? I would have been thinking about her throughout the day. I would have been thinking about what am I going to do for her special? So I, I started doing those things. I started go, going and saying, all right, Lord, let me just go buy her flowers. Because I'm in trouble? No. I just love her. <laughs> just love her. Lord, what can I do? And let me clean up the house a little bit in this way. You know Why? Because she likes that. What's important to her is important to me. If I love her, then I'm going to take the things that are important to her and I'm going to make them important to me. Let, me. let me start meditating. Let me set aside a time each day just to think about my wife and to pray for her. Let me, let me do these things. 
I haven't been doing it. Lord, forgive me for not doing that, you know. And I started, and what happened? I started taking actions, even though, you, just being completely glass house and honest, even though right now in this moment, and, and when I was going through that, right in that moment, I wasn't feeling it. We, you know, we had gotten a little stale. I wasn't feeling it. I know nobody listening to this has ever been there, but even in our relationship with Jesus, I've had times, not his fault, my fault, that it's been stale. This is exactly what had happened to the church at Ephesus, and this is what he was correcting. But as I started to think towards her, that staleness started to break. As I started to do the things that I did when we first started dating, when we first fell, even in that earthly love, when I fell in love with her in an in a earthly fashion, an earthly love, not an agape love exactly, but uh, all of a sudden, even in that, when I started to think, all of a sudden, I started to think and feel different than I had just days before. Why? Because God's word is true. In him is everything that we need. And that, but everything that we need is not just in being able to put his name on our business card, I'm a child of Christ. It's actually applying him. You know, he says, many will say, you know, Lord, Lord. He said, but I never knew you because you don't do what I tell you to do. In other words, we can't just put, you know, a few initials out beside our name and say, oh yeah, you know, Brian Wright, Christian. Whoop-de-doo, everybody can do that. We've had presidents that claim to be Christians, but they weren't. Who cares who can claim to be a Christian? The people of God are known by their fruit. What are we doing? What are we applying action to? Where is our heart on the matter, right? I'm not doing something just to get ahead. I'm doing these things because I love him. We're doing these things because we love him. This is where we need to get. Lord, I choose you and I am committed to you to give to you unconditionally at the leading of God. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So you've got a lot of people that aren't keeping the commandments of God saying that they love God and grace allows them to do it. That's a bunch of hogwash. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And if you're born of God, you'll love him. And you'll do what you have to do. In other words, we can say it all day long, but many, many believers are sitting there. They're not actually tapped into the vine. They're not actually in intimacy. They're actually disconnected from God, expecting him to do it all. He's already done it all. Our job is to connect with him. And we've got to change our way of thinking and get back to that. And when we connect with him, in him we have everything we need. With him. And so I started doing that with Nicole. I started doing that with my wife. And I'm telling you, the power of God started flowing through our marriage like it's never flowed before. And it was awesome. It got to the best place it's ever been at. We never really had a really hard time. But we definitely were headed downhill because of staleness. Because I needed this revelation in our marriage. Well, guess what? I didn't just need it in our marriage. I needed this revelation in my relationship with Jesus Christ as well. And the whole point of John 3.16 was to get me to eternal life, which is intimacy with the Father and the Son. The whole point was to connect me and for me to never be disconnected at all. The whole point of him coming and dying was to connect us in intimate fellowship. Why? So that in him 
God could get to us everything he wanted us to have. He definitely had desires for us to have everything. And so as we're going through this time uh, with the Rona and everything else, what's the best thing that I can tell you? What is and where is everything that you need? What is and where is everything that you need? The what is Jesus. And the where is also Jesus. Right now, I just I invite you, repent, change your heart, I read a verse yesterday about the life of God. If we will simply repent and turn, immediately the fresh breath and life of God will come back into us. It's a promise from God. But we have to say, Lord, I have not been at the level I need to. Lord, I need you, I desire you, and I'm taking action right now by faith. I need you, I desire you, I want you, and I believe in you right now. So I invite you, whoever's seeing this, whoever's listening to this right now, just just do this. Lord, I repent. According to your word, I repent. I can go higher with you. I repent for not seeing it before. I repent, Lord, uh, for not being there already. But Father, I see it now. And I hear the Lord saying to you right now that if you see it and you turn your heart towards me, I'm just sitting here waiting to pour out my blessings on you. And so, Lord, we pray together. Say it with me. Say, Jesus, I connect with you right now. I reset my intimacy, my first love with you. You are my Lord. You're the Savior of my life. I will not sin again. And I believe that you took every bit of sin on you so that I could have intimacy and fellowship with you and the Father. I believe you died for me, and I believe that God brought you back to life. And I believe that when he raised you up out of that grave, he did not leave me in that place of death, but he raised me up also to the places of fullness of life and motion and having everything. In you, Jesus, I live. In you, I move. In you, I have everything that I need to come into being. In you, I have my being. I'm seated with you in heavenly places, according to Ephesians 2. I abide in the vine. I abide in you, Jesus, and you abide in me. And now, Jesus, you are the baptizer, according to Luke 3.16, in the Holy Spirit. You are the baptizer in fire. And I ask you right now, baptize me in the Holy Spirit and fire. In Jesus' name, and I receive it. So that I might live on the level you've called me to live. To not be cold, to not be lukewarm, but to be hot and on fire. So that it'll catch me and people around me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. 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 Put it in the comments if you believe it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whew. Man, I just sensed the anointing. Lord, let me, I, let me just pray for you. Father, right now, there's people there watching that they, they need some things. They need health in their bodies. They need finances in their bank account. They need provision in other ways that are not financial. They just need some things to happen. Father, right now, bring it to pass in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If we ask anything in your name, 
by faith it shall be granted. And we believe and we do not doubt in our heart. Lord, every mountain that's standing in the way, every mountain of doubt, every mountain of a weapon formed against them, there's things that people need. Jesus, I know that it's in you. Lord, right now, today, you heard our hearts. We seek to reconnect with you and be in an intimate fellowship with you as individuals and as a body, as the church. And Lord, as we move into you, we have everything we need to live and move and have our being. Father, in the name of Jesus, may everything start to manifest now. Lord, I call an end to the attack in the lives of the people that are here in this. I call an end to the attack in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, may the glory of God start to pour out in their lives, so much so that it causes their neighbors, their friends, and family to ask them, what has changed? And their answer will be Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let that testimony happen. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, uh, I just, if you have anything you want, a question or anything, or any statement, uh, go ahead and post it. And uh, we love you so very much. We're coming here every day. Uh, at noon throughout the week, Monday through Friday at noon. I'm getting ready to post a video simply to pastors. It's going to be less than five minutes. And uh, I'm going to ask them just to listen for two minutes to what the Lord told me this morning and gave me a lot of hope. So that's going to be coming up here in just a few minutes and uh, probably about an hour from now, maybe 30 minutes. But uh, you can be looking for, for that. Tomorrow night, uh, the online community prayer we're going to drop some hope in people's lives tomorrow night, April the 2nd at 7 p.m. Didn't want to do it on April 1st, so everybody knew we weren't joking. And uh, but April the 2nd, 7 p.m., we love you and uh, we pray for you. I don't see any questions or comments. Y'all have a great, great day. I'll see you here tomorrow. Uh, if you would like to give, you know, the, I told people the other day uh, that... Um, I told them the other day that uh, the Lord actually convicted me because I was given the gospel and I was not allowing people to sow that wanted to sow. And so if you would like to give to sow into the gospel, we are spreading the good news of Christ today. Uh, right now it's happening every single day. And uh, we are spreading the good news of Christ. If you would like to sow into that, I think it's important to do that, especially when you hear the word. Uh, it's important, even if it's a small amount, uh, it's important that we sow when we hear the word. It's just like going to uh, the grocery store or going to a, a fast food place for lunch. When you feed off of something, it's important uh, to sow. It's not, it's free. You don't have to. It's completely free. But there's something that happens in our spirit. There's something that happens in our heart. Watch this. When we commit our works to do what God said, he says, the one who feeds is worthy of his hire. The, don't muzzle the ox when they're treading out the corn. The one who, who does the work of the ministry and study and teaching, they're worthy of their hire. God's given us a principle that they're worthy of that each time. And um, so anyway, I think it's good when Nicole and I started doing that, our finances changed. 
and uh, because it has to do with our heart. So we love you. Uh, there's the link. If you, if you don't want to, you definitely don't have to. That's, that's not why we're doing it. We're doing it because people want to sow into the gospel. And we love you. Have a good one. Uh, and uh, have a great day. If you need anything, let us know. We're agreeing with you. We praise God for you, and we're praying for you every day. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Love you. Share the broadcast. Bye-bye.